Hello and welcome to Indie Sports Now with Zach Shankerman, Mason Roach, and Ian Kennedy. Today we're going to discuss the latest with IU, Purdue, the Colts, and the Pacers. Thanks and welcome to the show. So welcome back to another episode of Indie Sports Now. I'm your host, Zach Shankerman. And today we have a very special guest. If you haven't seen the news lately, if you're an IE fan, Malik Renew has committed and now signed to Indiana University. So today we have a guy whose story on Peaks has went kind of viral, if you want to say that, on Peaks and throughout the IU community. So Miles, you want to go ahead and kind of tell you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh talk about your story yeah absolutely so it all kind of started um late saturday night my buddy who's a server at bedrock um was wanting me to go in there on sunday for like for breakfast the day after my birthday he's gonna buy it for me and then he remembered he was like mike woodson has a reservation in the morning i was like oh crap all right so obviously <laughs> i was gonna try to time it then you know go in there try to get a picture with woody um but then i remember that malik was gonna be in town and so I kind of figured it was going to be Malik, whole staff, which it was. And then JHS was there too, which was really cool because how often do you get to go see two top 30 players in the country, you know, in person. Um, they all, I got there a little bit before them. Um, they all kind of started coming in slowly. It was Walsh and um, Kenya were in there first. And then you see her and the players showed up after. Um, it was cool to see them all walk in. Um, and then at one point I was actually walking back from the bathroom I see Woody and Malik walking inside and then they go back over to the table, which is right next to where I was sitting. Actually, there was just like a little divider between us. Just coincidental, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But um, next thing I know, they're all cheering loud as hell. And I'm like, that could only mean one thing because, you know, first visit, JHS is here. I already kind of had a feeling he would commit going to the visit just with how well everything had been sounding. Yeah. And then... When once he once they all started cheering, that's when I kind of dropped a little hint on the pigs board. Yeah, I had started a thread the night before while I was a little bit intoxicated, slightly. <laughs> Story for a different day. That's great. But at first, everybody was like, kind of like, "What does this mean? Like, what's the importance of this?" And then I dropped that like they were there. People started paying a little bit of attention, and then I dropped the hint, which all I said was, "Expect good news soon." Yeah, um, Leek and Woody just came back inside, and the whole table started cheering. Um, yeah. and at that point it took off. Yeah. Like it, I think at this point it has over 200 upvotes, but the whole thread in general has over a hundred thousand now. Yeah. Which, so like, starting Saturday night and then not picking up to like halfway through Easter, pretty crazy in my opinion. Yeah. And I heard you on a Hoosier hysteric shout out to Eric and Ward. Oh yeah. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's crazy. I, I, I was like a hundred thousand. I've got, I've got to talk to this guy. Oh yeah. He's got a great story. No, oh, but, yeah. um, it's so, uh, yeah. What, well, were you, what were you gonna say? Well, I was gonna say so the Eric and Ward thing. Um, it's kind of funny. Eric actually DM'd me. Not gonna say what he said, but it was more just like let me know why he said clarified that his dad wasn't there. It honestly got kind of funny after that because I stopped replying for a little while on the thread at an Easter dinner. But everyone was like, "Oh, Eric took him to the woodshed." Like Eric told him to stop posting whatnot. Which I mean, I just didn't have anything else to really add at that point. Yeah. Didn't want to, you know perpetuated in case it ended up not being true but 
as we yeah. all know now, it definitely was true. This is a crazy thing to be a part of with how long I've been a Hoosier fan. So uh, is Malik – I've heard Malik Renault is every bit of 6'9", right? Is he pretty – Yeah. pretty tall? So, I'm about I'm about six one, um, yeah. fifty. He made me look tiny, and not a lot of <laughs> yeah. people do that. But he's I mean he is every bit of that six nine, and honestly JHS is every bit of that six five. Yeah, um, and his wingspan. Both their wingspans are pretty crazy. I mean, yeah. it's gonna be a lot of fun to have these guys on the court. Well, sometimes like you'll see a guy who's listed at like you know six, let's say like six three, and they're closer to like a six one, or like Kyler Murray. I make fun of this. Kyler Murray's listed as six foot. I think he's like five nine. He's probably my oh, height. There's no way. He's there's no there. way. Um, so I was just curious about that because I know people have been saying he's a power forward, and uh, I was just curious about that. And uh, I know I saw him during the Geico, the Nationals. Mm-hmm. So he's a, he's a really a big guy that can kind of bang down low. I'm really excited oh, yeah. about him. Yeah, me too. Um, I don't know how much scouting reports you've seen, but supposedly he has. He's pretty much. He's pretty similar to race, obviously in size. Yeah, like I think one inch shorter wingspan, same height, a little bit heavier, but he has more post skills. Everything that I've read says he has more post skills than Trace coming out of yeah. high school. Yeah, and I, I know Trace was a crazy athlete and whatnot. Well, he's not quite as explosive, but to have someone coming in that posture is going to be really nice. Yeah, and I think I saw in the game like he he can playmate for a guy his size, which is really exciting. Like oh, yeah. to have it's basically like Trace two point but absolutely you have a. Trace 2.0, but you can actually mold him from Mike Woodson's standpoint, not Archie Miller's standpoint, where Archie yeah. Miller's like, don't shoot, don't do any of this, don't do, you know, I think uh, I think Malik's going to end up, you're going to have a story about two lottery picks there, in my opinion. Those two are going to be, those two are uh, special talents. I can't wait for them to be in Bloomington next year. Uh, it's definitely gonna, it's going to be nice to have somebody that comes off the bench and there's not just that immense amount of talent drop off yeah. from Trace to, no offense to Michael Durr, but yeah. slight drop off athleticism and whatnot. And honestly, I feel like Woody's offenses were best last year when we were running in transition. And because once we got stagnant and just started pounding the ball inside, there was a clear drop off in how well we perf- we were performing. And, and speaking on that note about uh, and speaking on that note about stagnant offenses, uh, I know we had Sean McNeil and Dexter Dennis just completed his visit. Sean McNeil's visiting this weekend. Sean McNeil is a guy I'm excited about because in the clips I've watched, he can move off of screens and shoot. I feel like Miller Cop and Parker Stewart just couldn't do that last year. I felt like they were just spot-up shooters, which kind of led to that stagnant offense at the back end of the year. What do you think? Absolutely. Um, I, you know, I didn't mind Parker and Miller at first coming in together, but yeah. they just played way too much together. And honestly, I really hope it changes this year, but you can't rely on that um, – experience i guess because terrible when they were both out there as you mentioned like they would wing each and then we would just be trying to kick it out to them but if they're not moving it's kind of hard to get clear kickouts because you know the guy they can just come double trace and bounce right back out if they have to but having one guy having one spot of shooter on the floor isn't bad but you definitely having that ability to run off screens is going to create so much more opportunity for this offense yeah, and it makes it easier to recover. Like if you're if you're not moving as a shooter, it makes it easier to recover back to you. So, I mean, like absolutely. Uh, the other thing I was thinking about too is you know Dexter Dennis is more of a slasher from what I've heard. We just need more slashing from wing, and uh, if we could add both, I don't know if we can add both, but it sounds like we're gonna get one of the two. Probably more Dexter than Sean McNeil, but um, 
we can get Dexter Dennis and get some slashing from the wing. That's something we really need. And I'm really excited about the prospects of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've just been lacking athleticism for so long. Like, we've never, honestly, since like Victor Oladipo, Will Sheehy, we just, we haven't had that good or OG. high level talent wing. Yeah, OG, I guess. I guess he got hurt halfway through the season, which oh, I was so excited for that year with OG. Yeah. And then he got hurt. But that's not a guy like Cohen Carr next year has me excited. If we can land him, I mean, that is a uber athletic talent that we haven't seen since probably Troy Williams or Victor Oladipo, honestly. Yeah. But Banks coming um, is an exciting player. That's another guy oh, we're yeah, excited yeah, about. He's I, a good athlete. It, oh, yeah. And if he can shoot anywhere near how well he was shooting in high school, I'll be happy. I mean, yeah, having a 6'9", 6'8", guy who can just step out and clip would be amazing. Yeah, I think he's a I little little underrated. I feel like he's a guy that in a couple of years from now, I would not be surprised if he was NBA good because he, like, in high school, I know the competition he wasn't playing was great, but he shows good handles. Um, his defense is really good. He's a good rebounder. Like, he's just got a lot of stuff that translates, and I just think you give him a couple of years with Coach Woodson, he's going to be an NBA guy eventually. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's a certain there's certain things you can take away from the talent level that he played against, which it wasn't horrible, but he did what he was supposed to, you know, for a high-level high, level, high right. level player. He went out and dominated every day. Right. He's putting up just absolute video game numbers, and it's nice to see because some people have a tendency to play down to their competition, and it's nice to see that he's not. Yeah. Uh, he gets high-level play all the time. Then uh, Gabe Cups, I don't know if you saw the news today, Gabe Cups and Ja'Kai Newton were both uh, top 100 players in the new ESPN 100. I believe Ja'Kai Newton was 39th and Gabe Cups was 80th. I just saw that a few minutes ago. So th- those those are guys that are coming in next year too who are going to be high-level players for Indiana. Oh, yeah. We're finally in that sweet spot of that like 30 to 80, we've finally been hitting a lot more. Cause I mean, if you look at our rosters the last couple of years, like we've had maybe two or three top 80 guys. And if you look at the t- rosters of the na- last couple of national championships, I mean, they're filled with those 30 to 80 guys, guys that are going to be here multiple years, but still have that high level talent. And if you have a coach that actually works on player development, um, like we finally are blessed with, um, <laughs> crazy things are going to happen. I have a feeling. I mean, you mean player development doesn't happen when you delegate it to a grad assistant. Yeah, you know, it's crazy that when the head coach is more involved, players play better. It's, I don't know, who would have thought, but. Who would have thought that? Um, I want to tell the new Rhode Island coach that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I think um, I had something I was going to say. I lost track, but yeah, it's just very exciting next year with these guys. And then, oh, yeah, race. That's what I was going to mention. Race. Oh, yeah. When he announced he was coming back, he talked about Coach Woodson being a player developer. Like, this is why guys come to Indiana. Like, Absolutely. We finally have more of a draw than just, oh, hey, we're a big brand. Yeah. You know, ever since, honestly, I, I want to say Kelvin Sampson left, but we all know, I mean, yeah. we haven't really had a player development guy like Sampson. I guess you could say Kareem to some extent, but Kareem just taught shooting, nothing else. Woodson's actually fundamentally teaching defense, you know, shooting. i make a post-entry pass. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing that honestly, I feel like we've been lacking for a while. And you look at some of the best teams, they're the most fundamentally sound. Villanova, you know they're always going to be fundamentally sound, not turn the ball over. And honestly, I mean, you need to get back to that at some point because look yeah. at the spur. Popovich has had that success for, you know, 20-plus years, and it's all just based on the fundamentals. So. Yeah. 
And the funny thing is, I just thought about, as you said, that player development side, the side of things, like a lot of people talked about Crean and Archie. Crean was an offensive minded guy and Archie Miller is a defensive minded guy. Well, Mike Woodson's a basketball coach. Like that's kind of how I see that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Whenever someone says, well, they're kind of an offensive minded coach or they're a defensive minded coach or whatever the case may be, you kind of read through that and say, okay, they can't coach the other side of the ball. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause if that's what they're, if they're talking about one side of the ball, the other side can't be great. Right. I mean, absolutely. So it, I just, I think Mike Woodson, they, they, when he was first hired, people were like, well, he's a basketball coach, you know, like he coaches, like he coaches the game. He, oh, he knows know. both about both sides of the floor. Right. So and then top 10 defense in his first year. It's I mean, crazy. that's insane. That's insane. He comes in, takes over for supposedly the defensive-minded guru, Archie Miller, and just puts up a better defensive stat. I mean, defensive stats than him in his first year. Yeah. And all we kept hearing is, oh, Archie needs time. Archie needs time. Pack line will work. Well, it didn't. Four years in, you can, you have your own guys at that point. You might have the remnants of the last class from the last coach, yeah. but you have your own guys. And if you can't get it to work after three or four years, I mean, I, I don't know, especially at Indiana with the, fu- with the resources and the fan base, you know, it's, yeah. it makes a difference how dedicated the fan base is and kids starting to use social media nowadays. They see that. Yeah. You know? And the pack line, like people were shooting over it. People could just, people had it figured out and he didn't, he never adapted from it. So yep. and that's, I could, I mean, I could beat I Archie Miller after hours. It would be pretty easy. But oh, yeah. hopefully he fixes that. He's learned from it because I mean I have no ill will towards Archie. No, he's a good dude. Make, exactly. Am I gonna make fun of it? Yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, I want him to succeed. I want to see him do well. And I have a feeling Rhode Island will be a good spot for him because oh yeah, for sure. He, you know, I don't quite think he was cut out for the high D one. Yeah, I, I don't think he I don't I think from the minute he was he got the job, I, I don't I didn't I never got the sense that he was too invested in it. Yeah, me, and I got the me. sense that he was just kind of there. It was a yeah, high major job, and he took it. Like, yep. and I mean, I don't blame him. I too would take a high major job if I was him. Yeah, like, yeah. job for everybody, and you kind of got to understand how it is. And I mean, so far Woodson gets it, I think. And yeah, the, I think he uh, does get it. Distance. I mean, I was I was always kind of hesitant when everybody's like, "Oh, we need a night guy. We need a night guy." Like, you need the oh, right oh, night, guy. night guy. We need a guy who understands pop culture nowadays life nowadays but also a little bit who understands how big the job is going to be and can deal with the fan criticism because honestly i think that was archie's biggest flaw yeah you know as soon as somebody knocked him he just lost confidence in himself and it kind of just trickled down to the team because if your coach isn't confident your players aren't going to be confident and we kind of saw it with rob who came in having great student stats in high school was a high high level scorer you know 30 plus points a game as a senior and he just, I mean, by the time he left, which I hope he does well at Cincinnati as well. Yeah, me too. By the time he left, I mean, he just was a shell of himself. Yeah. So scared to do anything on the offensive side. Saw so shooting percent like 26% from three. Just ridiculous. Yeah. And towards the end of the year last year, we kind of saw his confidence go back up, which is, I think just the confidence Coach Woodson has infused in those players has just been such a, it's been such a nice thing to see. You see a lot of smiles. You see a lot of, and you see a lot of good body language and it's just really nice to have the everyone talks about having a night guy but having the right night guy was I think it's more important than anything because like you said you have to understand the culture today how players work what doesn't work with players and 
I think Woodson's done all that. Now I don't, I don't, I don't know too much about the Dame Fife situation, but that just, that sounded like it wasn't that great of a. Yeah, I mean, I guess they didn't know each other real well, and it yeah. was more Olson hire than a Woody hire. And honestly, I mean, you can't if it's not going to work, it's not going to work. You right. Know, there's no reason to prolong that situation, especially some of the stuff I've heard about the recruiting. What he was saying to recruits. Um, it makes a lot of sense. Like timelines kind of line up. You look at the Filipowski visit. Dane was the lead recruiter there. And if he was trashing NIL and all that stuff, like people were saying, makes a lot of sense why we instantly lost any momentum with Filipowski after his visit, you know? Yeah. That was always a weird situation. And honestly, the firing kind of shines a little light on that, in my opinion. Yeah. And then on the sideline, you could see like Fife always looked a little off i don't know you you yeah. couldn't quite explain it but he just looked off you know what i mean yeah, like the uh, the rest of the staff like kenya and yah were all like more involved more vocal the dane was kind of reserved like he didn't really seem like invest. i don't want to say the word invested because he obviously cares a lot about the school but just didn't seem like he put all his energy it, just, it. it looked like woodson didn't trust him and he made it known honestly in my opinion yeah. Because so my tickets that I have are like right across from the IU bench, about like ten rows up, eleven rows up. So like yeah. we got a we had a good view of the bench, and I would go to the game with my same buddy every time. Our two biggest takeaways from each game were pretty much how much fun the bench was having, because you could tell in the Archie years, no one cared. And I hate to put it that way, but like everybody just seemed down. There was no celebration from the bench, no life. But every game, I mean, you had Leal, Galloway, whoever else sitting in the bench just going crazy after everything. Yeah. But Fife was always just kind of sitting there, like arms crossed. Like there were a couple of times where like he'd try to go say something to Woody and it looked like Woody would wave him off, whatever. So there definitely was not something right from the start there. Yeah. I'm excited for Brian Walsh. It seems like he's a really good young assistant coach that has earned the trust of a lot of the players and the staff. So I'm excited for him. That's going to be a great opportunity. Absolutely. And, I mean, he's the kind of guy you want as a third assistant with the two guys we have. Yeah. You know, he's young. He's hungry. He wants to learn. He's proven himself already by landing Gabe Cups pretty much single-handedly. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is a big win because I think Cups is going to be one of those guys we talk about for years. Mm-hmm. Just his ability to just win games and toughness, it's going to be something that we haven't had in a little while. But it's, uh... I Oh, my bad. Go oh, sorry. It's one of those things like where I look at the Brian Walsh hire and I'm like, okay, after Dane Fife was fired, we landed a five-star recruit. <laughs> weird, weird, uh, weird sequence of events there. It's all so all of a sudden we have a guy who embraces NIL. All the staff is connected and together, and you start to see the success on the recruiting trail. It's a crazy idea. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things when the whole staff is on the same page, it's crazy what will happen. Yeah. Having a guy like Walsh, who's just so young and hungry and wants to get out there and prove himself. I mean, he has two great guys to learn from in Yah and Kenya, which I don't care what amount of money we throw at Kenya. We need to throw a bag at him. Yeah. Lock him up. We, we need to double, double his salary next year. Probably. Honestly, I'm here for it. I mean, Kenya Johnson left IU a few years ago to go make $500,000 at Louisville. I think Kenya's proven himself to be worth $500,000. Way more than that. Yeah. I mean, three five stars in the first year. I know Woodson closed them all, obviously, but those don't happen without Kenya and not losing relationships with players. I mean, that's a guy who I wouldn't mind if we kept around for a few years and had him take over for Woody. Oh, absolutely. Woody's 66, so who knows how long he's going to be here. 
I think he could coach another. It's going to sound crazy. He's one of those guys I could see coach another like 10 years. It would not surprise me. Yeah. I mean, watching him on the sidelines, he does not, I mean, he doesn't move around a whole lot. He's either at the scorer's table or, you know, sitting on the bench, but he's not too crazy on the sidelines. So, I mean, his coaching style, he definitely could. Yeah. Which I wouldn't be mad about it. I mean, I honestly wanted Woody before we hired Archie. I believe that, I mean, with that NBA background that, you know, there's obviously going to be a little learning curve to coaching in college, recruiting and everything. But with that NBA background, it makes recruiting so much easier, honestly. Yeah. And then hopefully this year, the substitute of like the, I'm not smart enough to understand what should be the substitution patterns, but um, just watching some of the games, I just noticed some of the substitution patterns are a little weird. So it looks like he's still adjusting to the college game um, in terms of his rotations and things like that. But I think once he does that, I think the team will benefit even more. Like we're playing, we played what 10 or 11 guys a game last year, almost. I want to say. I mean, it was way. And honestly, I think a part of that is, not having the talent that Woody wants, you yeah. know, you have to play a, a couple more guys. But now that we're finally starting to get, you know, four or five stars as backups, it's going to make it a whole lot easier to play a bench lineup and not worry about it. Because, I mean, our biggest issue when our bench came in was who's going to score? You know, you didn't have that post presence and Trace out there or Race. Our guards aren't necessarily going to score. Durr's not Durr wasn't really going to score. Geronimo, I mean, you never you didn't know which what you were going to get. Which I hope he, I really have high hopes for him more than. Just it sounds that. like uh, with Geronimo uh, in practice, like they've been running him as the three man, which is ex- is exciting for me because yeah. you can have him off the wing and then have two big guys inside. Yeah, good luck stopping that. Oh yeah, and I mean, it's not like his shot form looks nice. And it, I mean, he hit a decent amount of mid-range shots, corner threes, which is what you need out of him. But if he can just work on his handle a little bit, I, I mean, he's not big enough to be a four long-term mm-hmm. and make it to the pros. And I think he knows that, and the staff knows that, which if they're really developing him at the three and they're going to play him there, I am all for that because it's OG part two, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. There's like – I notice on his shooting a little bit, like sometimes his legs will – like he'll, he'll move backwards, he won't go straight up and down, you know. So, like, there's even, like, little mechanical things that he can tweak. And, like, he'll be an even better shooter than he is already. So, I'm excited for him. Xavier kind of figured something out at the end of the year, too. Because, I mean, you saw his form. It just looks so much smoother in the last couple games. You know, there was a lot of times at the beginning of the year, a huge hit should come up. Yeah. Almost pause at the top and then shoot it when he was on his way down. But just for the last, like, eight games, I mean – I think he shot over 40%. And I mean, he just, if he continues that this year, I am going to be even more excited than I already am for this yeah. team. <laughs> it just feels like Indiana, not that we have to put the we're back t shirts on, but I mean, it kind of feels like, it feels like Indiana's kind of making a resurgence and it's, it's exciting oh, yeah. to watch as a fan. So, and I mean, honestly, my biggest kind of thing with this is we're doing it with out of state kids this time. Yeah. You know, we've always been so focused on recruiting the state of Indiana and our fan base has, because that's what worked for so long with night. And now it's kind of, we've had a few weaker classes in Indiana lately. We've had to reach outside the state and, you know, getting this pipeline with Montverde. Hopefully we get a few more guys. Yeah. Now we're going after Derek Queen, KJ Evans. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say, KJ Evans pretty good. <laughs> oh yeah. If they, I mean, if um, JHS and Malik come out and play well this year, that's going to do us so much more with Montverde because 
they want to see their guys do well at the places, obviously. And if we can develop them, that's, I mean, that would be huge. That team always has five stars, won the last two Geico National Championships. So those relationships are important. Yeah. And just the talent has migrated south. And uh, it just, it's just a fact of basketball, it's a fact of college basketball now. Like IU has to recruit out. They have to. They can't. Yeah, can't I mean, state unless the guys are really a five star. Let's be honest. I yeah, mean, yeah, absolutely. And I know Purdue does well, but Purdue can do well with those lower ranked guys because Painter has had his system in place for so long. He can afford to have guys come in, sit a year like, or two. And you know, I hate to say it, but Painter's an excellent coach. And yeah, honestly, great with the media, but that's a side point. But he can afford to have these guys come in and sit for a year, redshirt, develop, learn the system. Whereas we have to win right now. You know, you have to win to be able to get to that point. You can have guys come in, develop. But because our fan base isn't going to be happy until we're in the tournament every year. Yeah. Even then, I don't know if we'll be happy. I just – I think Indiana is forever just unhappy with whatever we have. The major- yeah. Not the majority of the fan base, but the vocal minority, honestly. Yeah. And hopefully – uh, Something. Hopefully they can make – my hope for them is they can make the round of 32 or make the Sweet 16 this year as an at-large bid. That's my hope. Absolutely. I mean, for that this year. That's a great success and great way to build on what should have been a real tournament team but had to have the playing game. Yeah. Still salty over making it in over us. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little frustrated about the what the committee did too, and I'm not gonna. That, I, I I probably talk for another hour about how the, how bad oh, that yeah. was, but <laughs> absolutely that was bad. But yeah, with that being said, I mean, we're really excited about next season. The Malik Renault story was super cool. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely. And, uh, absolutely. Next week we'll catch you guys with the next episode. Thank you for listening to Indie Sports Now with Zach Shankerman, Mason Roach, and Ian Kennedy. For more Indie Sports Now content, please follow us on Twitter at Indie Sports Now and follow or subscribe to us wherever you listen to our podcast.